I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here, your master coach. Thanks for listening today. We are going to talk about how as busy moms, we can unlock inner peace. I'm going to give you guys some strategies today that I think are going to make a big difference. Some of them are practical stuff. You can start putting into place. Some of it is some mindset shifts um, that I think are beautiful invitations for us to kind of lean in if we want to experience more inner peace. So thanks for being here. Before we jump into it, I would love to ask you if you have not left a five-star rating or a short review for the Call Mom podcast, if you could do so today, it would just mean the world to me. Leaving a short review or five-star rating is the best way that you can thank me for all of this content if you've ever gotten anything out of this show. And then it's also the best way that we can get this 
show in front of other moms, just like you, women who are doing all the things and really could benefit from this information and this encouragement and this community. So if you could leave the show a five-star rating and a short review, I just thank you all so much. You guys are the best. Also, before we jump in, I have some really exciting news for you guys. I am working on creating a nervous system reset course. It's going to be um, completely self-guided. My goal, I'm working really hard on it. My goal is that it launches this fall, later this fall. Um, but I'm at the point in it where I really want to hear from you guys so I can create something that serves you best. So I want to hear from you. Send me a voice note. You can click on the link in the show notes that says, ask Michelle a question. Like, do you guys prefer if I create a course that is completely self-guided? Something where you either have access to pre-recorded modules or something where I send you an email every day for like three or four weeks with steps to help you reset your nervous system. Is that your preference? Because I know a lot of you guys have a lot going on and the ability to have something that's completely self-guided has value. Or do you prefer to have more like of a group component to it or live coaching or Q&As or stuff like that? And if so, how often? I want to hear from you. Let me know all your thoughts, how you would love for me to structure this, and I will take it all into account as we kind of package this so we can get it to you because I know so many of you are asking for this and I'm believing that it's going to be um, so helpful and such a blessing. So send me a voice note. I want to hear from you. All right, let's jump in. Unlocking inner peace, five strategies from me to you as a fellow busy mom. So let's start here. Even the show, the name of the show, right? You guys, I talk about this quite a bit. The calm mom. Can I just say off the bat that being calm 24 seven, experiencing peace, um, however that looks to you, right? However you define that 24 seven isn't necessarily the goal when it comes to our nervous system, right? No one is calm 24 seven. That is, if that's something you're shooting for, like just let me tell you right now, you can let that go. You can release that. The expectation is not to be calm 24-7. That's actually not a healthy nervous system. The goal with our nervous system work and healing and regulation is resilience. So part of that is being aware of our mindsets, being aware of our habits, being aware of the stuff that we do that isn't serving us well, right? It's not serving us anymore. It's not serving us well. There are things that we all do that bring us anxiety or bring chaos or bring dysregulation, right? It's just like, that's just, that's just real life. So what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to control the variables that are actually within our control to help us experience more peace. So that's kind of what I want to give you today. And I've been thinking about this, you guys, and I'm going to just drop it here because I think it's so interesting, but I feel like peace is something that underlies a lot of the things that we say that we want, right? So like when you guys book these one-on-one discovery calls with me or you shoot me emails or you send me DMs, it's like all of this stuff that we're seeking as moms. Like I want, you know, to be better organized, right? Well, under that, we're actually seeking peace, right? I want better systems to be able to clean my house, right? or experience like more order around my house. 
Well, that's awesome. But like beneath that is actually we're seeking peace. I wish I had more money, you know, right? Or more abundance or more whatever. Whatever it is beneath that is peace. I wish I wasn't yelling at my kids so much, right? I wish I had strategies so that my husband and I communicated better and I wasn't so irritable or edgy all the time. I had tools to regulate my nervous system. Yes to all of that. And underlying that is really this desire for peace. So I think this this episode is timely and let's talk about it. I want to give you guys five strategies that have worked really well for me and that I coach my one-on-one clients um, as it relates to really being able to access inner peace. So number one, the first strategy is to stay in your lane. (laughs) Stay in your lane. And this might come hard for some of you um, and it might be convicting for some of you, but you guys stop meddling. Stop meddling. When we get involved in stuff that's not in our lane, right? When we take our blinders off and we're just looking at what everyone else is doing and we involve ourselves and what everyone else is doing and we have ideas and we allow other people's stuff to get into our space and our energy, that destroys our peace. That will steal our peace. So if you're listening and you're like, oh man, she's talking to me. She's talking to me. I have something that I use for myself that I think will be helpful for you. When I'm trying to decide, hey, am I staying in my lane or am I meddling into stuff that's, you know, stealing my peace that I don't necessarily need to be or I actually should not be interfering with? And it's this. There's three kinds of business, you guys. And anytime I notice that I am in business that is not mine, it causes me, it doesn't end well, right? It causes me to feel miserable or upset or anxious or whatever. It steals my peace. So there's three kinds of business. There's my business, there's other people's business, and there's God's business. And anytime I get into other people's business or I get into God's business and I'm trying to do things outside of my lane, experience has shown me now that that does not end well. So the next time you find yourself wanting, right, having that urge rise up in you to like, put your nose in someone else's business or help someone else with something that isn't your business or try to fix someone or something or just like be in someone else's business or even bigger than that, right? Trying to control things that are actually outside of our control. A lot of that is it's not our business and it's not other people's business. It's actually God's business, right? To be able to surrender that to him is a practice. (laughs) I know because I have been practicing it. I have been on that journey. But the better I'm getting at staying out of other people's business and staying out of God's business has done wonders for my peace. It's increased my peace when I only focus on the things that are actually my business. So that's number one, stay in your own lane. Number two, strategy number two to unlock more inner peace is to live in alignment with your values. We all have values, right? We all have things that are important to us, things that are priorities. A value of mine lately has just been to get better at saying no to things that feel like obligations to me. So things that aren't just like a full body yes. So I'm declining a lot of clients in my law firm because, you know, maybe five years ago, there would have been this obligation arising within me and it would have been like, you know, I want to help them and they need help and whatever. I know that this is going to be a headache and I know this is probably going to drain a lot of resources, but 
they deserve to have someone help them or whatever the story would have been, right? And now I'm getting so much better at saying no to things that feel like obligations. If it isn't a full body yes for me, I'm saying no to it. And that's a value of mine. And maybe you have a value that, I don't know, you want to take better care of your body. You want to take better care of your mental or emotional health. You want to, I don't know, not yell at your kids so much, or you want to have a weekly date night, or you want to scale your business, like whatever it is. And when you're not living, like in the day-to-day, when you're not living and making decisions and acting in, a, in alignment with those values, what happens is that you're out of integrity. And being out of integrity, you guys, will steal your peace so quickly. It'll just rob your peace. What does it mean, right? What does it mean to be out of integrity? Well, it means that you're not doing the things that you said you were going to do. It means you're not keeping the promises that you're making to yourself. You're not acting in alignment with what you hold as valuable, with what you hold as important. And this has happened to all of us, right? We're like, I'm going to work out four days a week. And then we do it for three weeks. And, you know, then all of a sudden we fall out of integrity with that. Or we've all had New Year's resolutions at some point or another that stick for a little while. And then all of a sudden we're not living in alignment with those values anymore. We're being out of integrity. And that brings guilt and it brings so much crappy stuff up and it robs our peace. And the re- I, think, I think being out of integrity, not living in alignment with our values happens for multiple reasons, right? It's complicated. And I think one of the main reasons that at least I see most frequently in my clients for moments when we're not living in alignment with our values is because we don't have the right boundaries in place. Or we're not enforcing those boundaries, right? And so our priorities become compromised. What we value becomes compromised because we're not protecting it with the right boundaries. And here's the thing, you guys. You cannot live in alignment with your values unless you're clear on your values, right? We can't protect something we're not aware of. So the first step to this, the first step to setting boundaries to be able to be, live, operate in alignment with our values is to know what those values are. And I've talked about this before on the show, and I do this as a great exercise. I do it myself, like quarterly, um, is to just go ahead and Google a list of core values, and you'll get all of these different values, like probably hundreds of things. Don't get overwhelmed by this, but just go through it and choose a handful that are most important to you. Not most important to your husband, not most important to your parents, not most important to your children, most important to you. And then you will print those values out or write them on a post-it note or put them on the inside of your planner or put them somewhere where then when you are faced with decisions about where to spend your time and your energy and your focus and your bandwidth, you can take a look at those core values and say, hey, does this align with my core values? Is this a, is this something that actually promotes and, and um, you know, is, am, I, am I actually leaning into my core values if I say yes to this? Or is this something that is going to distract and pull me away from those core values? And that's a great way. It's a great gut check, right? When you're deciding where to spend your time and your energy and your focus, because you can have that as a reference point and you look to it, right? If a core value of yours is being present with your children and you get an opportunity to travel or pick up this big project that's going to take away from that, knowing those core values and having them right in front of you can help be a guide 
as you make decisions. So I think that can be really helpful in keeping you living in alignment with your values. And when we live in alignment with our values, that brings peace, beautiful peace. So that's number two. Number three is accepting what is. (laughs) Accepting what is. And it's so hard to do this, you guys, but I really believe this. I think one of the greatest causes of misery, if that I don't know if that's too like big of a word, disappointment, pain, whatever it is in motherhood and in life is our attachment to how we think things should be, right? How we thought they would be, how we expect things to be. And then what happens is that this is real life. So what we're actually experiencing in our day, it doesn't add up to how we thought it would be. It doesn't measure up to our expectation. And we get this kind of hangover, this expectation hangover, and we're miserable. And we're miserable. And I know for me, this was a big one in early, like really early motherhood, like newborn phase with our first baby. I am the oldest of five kids. So as soon as I had conscious memory, I remember my dad being super involved with my siblings, right? By the time I could have memories, my dad was like up at night, changing diapers, bottle feeling, bottle feeding, cleaning up, like just doing all of this stuff. And so that was my unspoken expectation. I wasn't even consciously aware of it, of how Jeff was going to show up in early parenthood. I just thought that's what dads did, right? That was my expectation. And Jeff had never been around babies. He had obviously never been a father before. This was our first baby. Um, So I had all of these expectations. And then when we had this baby and brought Amory home, the way in which he was showing up was nothing like what I expected based on my own, right, unspoken, unconscious expectations. And it caused a lot of pain. It caused a lot of resentment. It caused a lot of confusion because, one, I didn't even know I had these expectations. And then second, because I didn't know them, I certainly couldn't express them to Jeff and communicate them to him and talk with him about what it was. So I felt like I was constantly being disappointed. And we've grown so much through that. And I look back and I'm like, man, it was really on me, right? I brought all of these expectations to that experience and that season in our life. And I was setting myself up to be disappointed. And I think for so many of us as parents, that shows up in one way or another, right? At one point or another, we think our kids would be, I don't know, like X, Y, and Z, and they're just not. Their personality is way more (laughs) difficult than we anticipated, or they have they're neurodivergent and they show up and they need additional resources that we didn't expect. Or, you know, we we struggled so long to conceive and then all of a sudden we have a baby and we're experiencing postpartum depression and it's nothing like we thought it would be. However, it shows up, right? Parenthood is so complicated. Marriage is so complicated. Life can be so complex that we're only human when sometimes life doesn't match our expectation of how things we thought things would be. And when we can accept that, when we can accept reality, there's a lot of peace in that and there's a lot of freedom in that. And guys, here's the thing. And this is what I had to wrap my head around, around a lot of different things is that whether I accept the reality that this is a reality or not, right, of my life, whether I accept that this is the reality or not, it's still the reality. (laughs) So it's like that whole thing, like whether I accept that I don't know, my grass is green or not. Like my grass is still green. So the sooner that we can just accept our reality, 
in our marriage, in our relationships, in parenthood, in our businesses, whatever it is, then we are empowering ourselves to actually deal with what is. Dealing with what is. So how do we go about doing this? I think we have to grow an awareness of our expectations. So often we are not aware of these expectations that we've held. And then when they're not met, we experience such pain. We experience such disappointment. It grows into resentment or bitterness or whatever it is. And we're not even aware that we held these expectations. And now it's just, it's it's really robbing us of so much peace, right? Particularly those unmet expectations. So my encouragement to you, as you grow in awareness of some of these expectations you might be holding that aren't being realized in your day-to-day is to simply release them, release them, maybe even question them. I think a lot of time when we're stuck living in a world of shoulds, and by that I mean like my family should be like this, my kids should be like this, my house should be like this, my job should be like this, is to really start questioning all of those shoulds. Like my house should be clean 24-7. Like really? Should it? Like who who says that? Like says who, right? And maybe there's 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 room in there for you to be like, no, my house should not be clean 24-7. I have three kids under the age of five and that's a, a completely unrealistic expectation. So I'm going to release that, right? Even if my mom expects my house to be clean or my husband expects my house to be clean or Pinterest tells me my house should be clean 24-7. I'm going to question that and I'm going to like ask if that's actually my own expectation and my own need for order or I'm just allowing society or my family of origin or someone else right to put that on me. And when we can be critical about a lot of these shoulds (laughs) that we feel the weight of and release them and actually accept what is, there's a lot of peace there, you guys. I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You Maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You gotta take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Number four, I talk about this a lot and it's so important as I, as I take a deep breath, slow 
down, slow down, slow down. Regulation requires stillness. Peace requires stillness. And I know, I know how hard this is to come by as a mom, as a quote unquote busy mom, right? So don't overthink this. Guys, 10 minutes of stillness from a nervous system perspective can make a huge difference in your emotional state, in the state of your nervous system as it relates to anxiety and dysregulation. And I promise you there is a simple swap that you guys could incorporate today that would have a huge impact on your nervous system. So get honest about your habits and your routines. Like maybe you just swap the first thing you do in the morning, right? Maybe if you're someone who grabs your phone first thing in the morning and you're either checking your email or you're scrolling social media or whatever it is you're doing on your phone first thing in the morning, like what if you incorporated 10 minutes of stillness, 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of meditation, just sitting on the floor in silence, stretching, whatever it is, instead of reaching for your phone first thing in the morning. And then you have it, right? You've set up such a beautiful intention for the day to slow down and be mindful and be present. Maybe instead of, I don't know, eating lunch at your desk, right? You go for like a 15 minute walk outside in the fresh air, in the sunshine with no podcast playing and no stimulation and nothing in your in your, in your um, earbuds, right? And, and you're not looking at your phone and really allow yourself to experience the stillness of nature. Slowing down, you guys, is really uncomfortable for a lot of us <laughs> because we're, su- we're such pros at being busy. We've been busy as long as we can remember, right? We've been running at that pace 24-7 as long as we can remember. So subconsciously, we actually avoid slowing down We avoid stillness because it's uncomfortable, because it's unfamiliar. So when something is unfamiliar to our nervous system, it can feel unsafe. Even though in our minds we know, right, that slowing down will serve us well, it can feel really unsafe to our nervous system because it's unfamiliar, because we're usually going, doing 24-7. So just growing in awareness, right? If it feels uncomfortable to slow down, lean into that right? Don't tap out, lean into that and that muscle will grow. And then the other point I want to make on, on this thing about slowing down is that guys, the reality is that busyness is a great distraction from dealing with our stuff. So if there is stuff that, you know, you haven't dealt with, there is pain, there is grief, there is, you know, there's conversations that you've been avoiding stuff. You've been sweeping under the rug trauma. You've been, you know, denying like, Busyness is a really great way. It's a really great distraction to keep you not having to deal with your stuff. So if you find that you're constantly busy, that's a symptom of dysregulation. It's actually a really common symptom of dysregulation, particularly among women, particularly among amongst moms. So if you find that you're someone that feels pulled to be like doing something all the time, your schedule is full you have every minute planned. If you're not doing something, you have this desire to feel like you're not being, like you've got to be productive, right? I've got to be productive. I've got to be productive. That's a really common symptom of nervous system dysregulation. And and what's so frustrating about it is that it's one of those dysfunctional things that's like rewarded by society, right? 
it's a badge of honor to like tell people, oh, I'm so busy, right? Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. It's been, it's been so busy. It's been so hectic. We've got so much going on. We're so busy, right? Like I promised myself a few years ago that I would never say that again. I'm so busy. I'm just, it's been so busy. I'm so busy because it's not cool. Like for me, that's not how I want to live my life. I am pushing against that so hard. And I encourage all of you to do the same, like push back against that. It's not healthy. It's not good for your nervous system. It's not good for your motherhood. Like don't let society tell you that you have to be busy all the time to be worthy or that you have to be busy all the time in order to be productive. It's a lie. It's a lie. And don't buy it. I read this Socrates quote um, a few days ago or maybe a couple weeks ago, but it said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. And ma'am, I don't know if my life was like barren when I was super busy, but I do know that busyness drove me to burnout. I do know that in my busyness, I was missing out on a lot of precious moments. My dysregulation was fueling this like false sense of urgency all the time, this scarcity mindset that I didn't have enough time to do everything I needed to do and I had to be busy all the time and it wasn't serving me well. So as I learned how to slow down, as my nervous system learned how to be more comfortable, slowing down, right, doing less better, being present without that causing dysregulation inside of me, my nervous system regulated and my life became so much more peaceful, so much sweeter, so much better. So that's number four, just slow down, practice being intentional about slowing down. Number five, last one. This is my, this is a good one, you guys. This one like changed my life. I'm going to call it have, do, be. Have, do, be. And I didn't come up with this, you guys, but a prior coach of mine taught it to me. I don't think he came up with it either, but it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my life. And it applies to anything and everything that we want to experience more of in life. So it works for, I don't know, abundance, joy, uh, deep relationships, connection. But I want to explore it today in this in this context of peace, since that t- that's today's topic, what I want to talk to you guys about today. So have, do, be. I actually gave a sermon on this at the beginning of the year at our church, and I called it the three strategies to the game of life. And that's what I think this is. These are three strategies to the game of life. There's the have strategy, the do strategy, and the be strategy. And let's talk about it. So if you are playing life, the game of life with the have strategy, the have mentality, that means that you are living in this space where once you have something, you'll be able to experience what it is that you're seeking. So as we're, as it relates to peace, right? Once I have X, then I'll be able to, you know, feel like I have more inner peace or then I'll experience more peace. And the truth of the matter is that when we're living life in the have mentality, it's a really disempowering place to be. We are kind of stuck in this victim mentality because we're we're, we're only as good as things are going or we're a victim to our circumstances, right? So if I, if I had more help with the kids, 
then I'd have more peace, right? If we had more money, then I'd have more peace. If I had a better job or a different boss, you know, I'd have more peace. But the thing is, guys, and you've probably heard this before, like everywhere you go, there you are. And when we're in this mindset of I've got to have something before I can experience what it is that I'm seeking, something's always lacking. So we sit in that victim mentality and we blame our circumstances for why we aren't experiencing what it is that we want to experience. So because I am lacking something, I'm not experiencing peace and we're stuck in this victim. And a lot of us are probably sitting in this space without even realizing it. I know that I did a lot when I had really young kids, right? Oh, you know, when the kids are older, if I had more help, if if this, if that, it was always something that was missing and then I'd be able to experience what it is that I wanted to experience. And I had to grow in my awareness of the areas in my life in which I was playing this game because it wasn't serving me well and it was taking my power and it wasn't true and it wasn't true. So that's the first strategy. The second strategy to this game of life is the doer, the do strategy. And holy moly, can I tell you, this is how I've lived most of my life, right? And the way that this mindset, this approach to life works, especially as it relates to peace, is that we think that we have to do things in order to experience what it is that we want to experience. So for peace, we think that we have to have, you know, a 46 item checklist of peaceful practices, right? Or we need to like take a peaceful parenting course or we need to go to the spa or we need to have a meditation class or like we have to do all this stuff and then I'll be able to experience peace. (laughs) And guys, I was caught up in this in so many things. Like I would just get stuff done. I am a doer. And if things didn't seem to be going my way or I wasn't experiencing what I wanted to experience, right, I would just do more. I would just go harder. I would just grind. And this leads straight to burnout, you guys. It doesn't work. It's a mountain with no peak and we are left constantly striving and it's exhausting. Let me tell you from experience. So if we don't want to be in the have mentality, if we don't want to be in the do mentality, where do we want to be? We want to be. We are human beings after all. We are not human doings or human havings. We are human beings. And guys, this is a resonance thing. Like we hear all the time about manifesting and all this like blah stuff about manifesting that I'm not really all about. But this is manifesting. This is the reality of manifestation. We reap what we sow. So if I want to experience more peace, it's simple, you guys. I be peaceful. I be peaceful. You just be what it is you want to experience. And here's the the thing about it. Like attracts like. So the more I am peaceful, the more peace will come to me and the more I'll experience peace. And it sounds woo, but it is not. This is reality. This is this is true, you guys. And it works for everything. Same for joy, right? If I want to experience more joy, I simply be joyful and that will attract more joy and I will see more joy and I will attract people who are joyful and then I will experience more joy. It works with everything. And guys, if you are skeptical on this, hear me out. Like I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it. Like go all out. 
Go all out for 30 days, living every day with an intention that you are peaceful. Peace begins with you and see what happens. It's going to change your life, you guys. I know because I've seen it with so many people and I've experienced it myself. What it is, is it's radical accountability. It's radical accountability for how we want to feel. We take that power back, right? It's so empowering. I can create how I want to feel. I can create how I experience life. It doesn't have a lot to do with my circumstances. It doesn't have a lot to do with my striving. It's simply what I choose to be, right? It's radical ownership and it freaking works, you guys. It's so stinking powerful. So let that marinate for a little bit, meditate on it, put it into practice. You guys are going to thank me later. It's so good. And then I wanted to give you a quick bonus. You know, here are five, but I want to give you a bonus. For those of you who have a faith life, for those of you who have a spiritual life, I want to encourage you that if you are seeking peace, ask for it. (laughs) Ask for it. Ask for it in your prayers. Ask for it in your spiritual practices. Ask for it because peace is a fruit of the spirit. So peace is available to us. Peace will manifest itself within us and in our day-to-day life. We simply have to ask for it. So I want to encourage you, for those of you who are faithful, for those of you who have a spiritual practice, ask for more peace. And I promise you, you will start to experience more peace. All right. That's what I got for you guys today. I, I know this was a lot, but I'm believing that you can just kind of grab a couple of these handles and really start to implement them, really lean into these invitations to experience more peace because I know life can feel chaotic. (laughs) Life can feel chaotic sometimes, but there is peace available to you and you are worthy of experiencing that peace, right? It's a beautiful place from which to live. It's a beautiful place from which to parent and I want it for all of you guys. And finally, I just want to invite you, um, if you have been curious about working with me one-on-one, I have one spot left for one-on-one coaching for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2023. Um, I do have a handful of discovery calls this week. So if working with me one-on-one feels like something that's been kind of drawing you in, feel free. Um, There's a link in the show notes to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me. Book one. You guys, just book one. If that's something that you've been wanting to explore further, book that call, get it on my calendar so we can have a Zoom together face-to-face. I would love to hear what it is that you're experiencing, what you're struggling with, how I might be able to help and support you one-on-one. I think that's a beautiful way to close out this year and start 2024 in strength. Um, But I only have so much bandwidth and so much time and so much energy, and I only have one space left. So If that space is for you, if you're like, she's talking to me right now, um, get on it, book that call. Let's get going on this um, because those spots are running out. I will open new ones at the beginning of 2024. And then I do have this nervous system reset course that I'm working on. Um, So if that's something that interests you guys to stay stay, uh, on the radar for that, keep that on your radar so you can lean in there and be resourced. All right. I love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the day and I will talk to you guys soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review.
If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.